And welcome to the ESA Capital Tech and Transitional Energy Podcast. It's Thursday, 29th of June, uh, nearly halfway through the year. Of course, we've got all those companies that are struggling to get their figures out uh, with calendar year ends. For some reason, they can't get them out within six months. I find it extraordinary the way companies leave it to the last minute. Surely six months is long enough to get your figures out. I, I know there's a problem with a lot of auditors, etc., who uh, just don't seem to have the capacity to... Uh, to do all these companies, but for goodness sake, guys, you know what? There's 40% less companies listed on the London Stock Exchange than there were in 2008. Surely enough of you out there charging enough money to, be able to get these people's figures out. I, I think a lot of the problems do lie with companies who are just slow to do it, and then they try and rush it all at the last minute and realise they don't really know always half the time what they're doing. But there you go. That's um, that's. Uh, oh, hello, Phil. Are you, are you on there? <laughs> yeah. Hey. I'm here, Andrew, and I was just thinking about all that wonderful accounting software that's out there to help these companies. No excuse. Yeah, maybe they should. I'll tell you what, though, VSA, of course, the biggest news this week was the RNS from VSA giving our our year-end profits. Our year-end actually is March, so we got them out in under three months. In fact, we probably could have got them out a little bit quicker, uh, but we like to uh, release at the end of June. It sort of suits us for a whole host of reasons. Uh, They were, of course, record figures. Uh, The outlook was cautious slightly more cautious than it was last year we still expect to make a profit for for next year unlike most of our peer group um which is struggling because these markets are horrendous but i do think for now i've just been uh, having coffee with another uh, firm uh, and I, I do speak with a lot of the ceos around town and i think we're all feeling that you know actually things have got so bad um there is just no money in this market the pension funds insurance companies they're all out of equities um something has got to give. Uh, and I was also told an interesting one is that, you know, one tweet they could do that would actually transform the market. You know what, they set up all these lovely PEPs and ISAs or whatever, I forget which one we, we do at the moment, uh, and you get all this tax-free money. But apparently something like 80% of all the ISA money is actually in US equities. So why not change the rules and just say, you only get your tax-free if it's in UK equities? It would bring billions into the UK market. Just a thought. Well, it's a as an ISA holder, it's a good one. Well, it's bloody oh, sensible, no. actually. And I'll yeah. tell you the other thing. What's yeah. a bit, but, you know, you know, this week nothing to do with tech and trans, but everyone's talking about obviously Thames Water, how it could go into collapse. Yeah. Do you know what? I don't know if you know this, but seventy-one percent of all the English water companies are owned by foreigners. Uh, and the problem with Thames Water is classic PE. What PE do is they come along. They basically, they gear everything up with massive amounts of debt, rip out all the cash uh, and give it to themselves. And then they don't care if it goes bust. And of course, you know, uh, Thames Water is actually owned by overseas companies, basically. It's owned by uh, CIC, the Chinese Investment Corporation. It's owned by the Ontario uh, Pension Fund. It's owned by a bit of Abu Abu Dhabi. Um, The only English owner in that Thames Water is USS. University Superannuation Fund. Um, but that's what they do. Private equity, they just, they don't care. They're just financial engineering. And yet all this money is pouring in private equity. The only people who make money out of private equity are the private equity players themselves. The, the, the government's got to clamp down on it. It's not helping the country at all. At least in equity, you know, money goes into the companies. They don't over leverage. The shareholders are basically the people of this country because it's their pension funds, it's their SIPs, their ISAs, all this sort of stuff. For God's sake, government, please change the rules. Anyway, right, nothing of a rant. I nearly always start with a rant anyway. 
uh, more to follow maybe all of that. Let's start, uh, I'll tell you what, let's just run through to start with, I think. There's been some news out on some of our, our corporates this week. Um, so we should probably just talk about them to start with. And of course, our, our favourite, but take my word, this thing is getting a real head of steam and it is going to go ballistic. Uh, I remember back in the 90s when I was pushing on, a lot of people kept telling me, nah, it's not going to work. No one risk wants wrist chips. Mobile phones won't happen. Silicon's going to be replaced. This company has all that sort of stuff thrown out. I'm telling you, this is going to go ballistic. It's Infinity Energy Systems. Now, I woke up on Sunday morning and uh, nearly cracked open the champagne because the Midas column, which is probably the most read uh, column of all the Sunday newspapers, uh, Joanna Hart, uh, she's a very astute woman, uh, there was a whole page basically on Infinity Energy Systems saying bye. Uh, but then we also followed on, didn't we, uh, Phil, uh, this week with their, their fullier figures. Um, so you might want to just uh, touch on those a bit. Yeah, uh, well, it's uh, vanadium uh, battery flow batteries uh, for the grid. Uh, so, you know, the whole energy storage space, as we've spoken on many occasions, is is growing globally at a significant rate um the, the company's commercializing its products now and um yeah had its full year results said that um they closed sales of 39.2 megawatt hours of systems in 2022 um and that was up from about a million megawatt hours in in uh, 2021 so quite significant growth in their sales but they're seeing sales growing internationally which i think is catching a lot of attention um, particularly with California Energy Commission in the States, uh, with partners in Asia, but also but also in the UK as well. Um, so it's now for the business, it's all about commercialization, about momentum, about growing its customer base. And, you know, as we know, it, it was uh, pretty well funded as well early in the year with a £23 million equity fundraise, uh, not a debt fundraise. Uh, and they're also advancing development of their Mistral product, which is going to be a higher margin uh, battery and uh, openly committee, uh, you know, competing with lithium there. So, yeah, so quite so quite exciting scaling news of the business. Great to see that through. Let me tell you the little gems in it. All right. They say into it, they are still talking to strategic partners and hopefully bring one in. To be able to yep. say that in your reporting accounts, you have to be very, very confident it's going to happen. So, guys, it does look as though it's going to happen. Another strategic, they've already got one, Everbright. Looks like another one's coming in. That will give the shares another uplift. Other little trick of this, you'll see they've repriced the warrants. Uh, the warrants to December the 16th now of this year, 50p. The stock's trading at 43p. The warrant is only trading at a penny. Uh, that warrant is probably worth at least 5p, if not 10p at the moment. So you go in and buy the warrants. The only problem is you'll struggle to get any volume. But if you can get hold of any, they are very valuable. And it's the geared way of playing this um that is the trick to play uh, a couple of other things i'll tell you the international flow battery forum which is a huge thing that takes every place with all the flow batteries talking has just taken place this week in prague next year it's going to be in scotland which is great uh but a lot of things coming out of that i think you'll find and the other thing i'd point out to you is that one of their competitors in zinc flow eos if you look at their stock price performance uh, over the last uh, few months it's gone from two dollars to five dollars uh, the americans are getting this that is why I'm actually doing a U.S. roadshow with Infinity at the back end of August, early September, visiting numerous U.S. cities and Canadian because it has got an OTC quote and we are going to get the Americans buying this like there is no tomorrow. So there you go. That's enough on that one. Let's talk through. Uh, I'll let you you um, uh, do it. Maybe there was a little bit of news out on Equipmake at the start of the week, wasn't there? 
Yeah, there was actually. Oh, you reminded me of that one now. Uh, yes, they are partnering with a Swiss based uh, electric aerospace developer called H55. Um, and Equip Make, uh, ticket is EQ uh, UIP. Is it Equip? Yeah. And uh, anyway, it's listed on Aquis. Uh, about 90 million market cap, uh, based in Norfolk, and they develop very advanced electric motors uh, for transport. So that's for heavy transport, automotive, uh, marine, and electrical aerospace. Um, but what kind of caught my eye about this is um, that they're always already working with vertical aerospace in the States were listed, based in Bristol, um, on electric motors for for flight. And the tech, you know, this technology isn't early stage, but it's coming. But but the key thing here is that equipment is motors are so power dense, uh, compact and lightweight that they're being you know they're being potentially used in aerospace applications. So it's more of a verification validation there of their tech, I think, and just how advanced their electric motor tech is. So I, I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, and then the other corporate that uh, had numbers this week it was Intrins. They'd only just recently had their full years again caught up in the audit process but nice new uh, CFO who we were very impressed by uh, was Pressure Technologies wasn't it? Yeah yeah that's uh, PRES is the is the aim ticker um, very well established UK engineering group uh, Chesterfield Cylinders is the core business it's been around for over 100 years um, but they make yeah it's very uh, these enormous cylinders that can withstand very high pressures up to 750 bar you know your car tires are two bar of pressure um and the main markets for them are, of course defense in submarines um capacity air systems but also in, in the oil and gas industry and they have a machining business as well uh, that machines uh, wear parts for the oil and gas industry um for valves in particular but uh, yeah they have their interim results andrew and they were up the revenues were up by 45 percent to just under 14 million pounds gross profits up by three to 3.7 million and they moved into an ebitda profit and a lot of this has been driven by uh, the defense related business and particularly the supply of uh, cylinders onto the dreadnought new class of uh, nuclear submarines that's being being built but also uh, for overseas as well so yeah Nice to see. Well, it was, but the market took a rather negative reaction. Uh, I think for two reasons. They were they've had a couple of slightly weak months, but they were still forecasting a nice EBITDA for the full year. Hey, we all have a couple of bad months. We do at BSA, take my word. Uh, but also, people got their knickers in a twist about you know the Lloyd's banking debt, which is at 1.9 yeah. million. They seem to forget they brought it down from 15, and 1.9 is frankly is nothing. I, I'm staggered actually that Lloyd's haven't just said, yeah, fine, we'll renew it. We've been up there. This is a huge business. Uh, and it's actually a very, as you said, it's been around 100 years. A market cap of just £13 million is absolutely oh, yeah. ludicrous. I know that Schroders are very supportive. They have a major shareholding there. Uh, we know that Peter Gillenhammer has now come in. We know that he can support it as well. Uh, you, you've got um, oh, bloody, um, get it in a second, Richard Harwood and, and um, uh, so I'm being pretty thick here. Uh, uh, Harwood Capital, this is his own yeah, name. Uh, they're in there with a big stake. Um, you know, uh, you've also got people like Premier Asset Management, Aberdeen Asset Management. Um, this is a quality company. I, I mean, look, I know we were buyers higher up uh, but through our picks and shovels concept. Uh, I do own it personally. I'll be absolutely honest with you. I think it's a great company. The market has completely misunderstood it. Um, and it is a buy at this level. I'm looking forward to your research note if you're going to write one, Phil, because I'm sure that'll have a buy on it. Don't say anything you're not allowed to. 
No, I was just going to say I, I couldn't, I couldn't possibly, <laughs> possibly do that. Um, but but all I would also add in there is, you know, at the end of the day, it is all about for any business about the quality of the orders and the order books. Um, and bearing in mind this is 13 million market cap, they had order intake of 34 million pounds um, during the eight months to May. So anyway, do do have a look. It's great. Look, I mean, I mean, the only one, one of the reasons, the other reason for share prices down is these markets are horrific. They really are. There is zero liquidity in these markets. Everything is just going down. You know, you only need to sell £10 worth of stock and you knock a company 10%. Um, it is horrific. I mean, I, I've been doing this game 40 years now, and this is probably one of the worst markets I've ever seen because there is zero liquidity. It's just vanished. It's nothing to do with the valuations. It's all to do with the liquidity. Anyway, there's been quite a lot of figures, I think, uh, out this week, Phil, reasonable number, I think. So why don't you run through a few of them? Well, yeah, as you say, um, all the companies have been getting getting kind of results out towards it <laughs> before the end of June. Um, uh, that this one here wasn't. This was Marlowe PLC, which I've, I must admit I haven't looked at before. Uh, Ticker's MRLM, and it's uh, 570 million market cap. Uh, the shares are up 28% year to date, but we'll talk a little bit more about that. They're their full year to March. Uh, and Marlowe, this is software, Andrew, um, and they're involved in uh, software to regulatory markets, compliance markets, uh, and what they cite as business critical services. So it's governance, risk and compliance, testing, inspection, certification, etc. Um, now, the shares in this company had fallen post its interims. It's been very acquisitive. Um, and it's, you know, it's acquired 10, acquis 10 acquisitions uh, during over its last sort of more or less financial years, it said, and invested £44 million in acquiring. Um, and its revenues has increased up to its interim period. But the, the market was getting pretty worried about its gearing, you know, the level of debt in the business, um, which increased from £109 million in March last year to £156 million in September. And obviously, they reported that in November. And this is at a time when interest rates were, were rising anyway, it has reported its full uh, full year results now, and just looking at the figures for the business. I mean, the, bearing in mind it's been acquisitive, so you've all got to watch, look at the figures they turnover closely. Um, the, the turnover was up 47 percent to 466 million pounds, but 47 percent. But remember, it's been acquiring. Um, and I was more interested in looking at the organic growth. Um, the organic growth, the underlying business, was 10% growth, uh, which they said was ahead of prior guidance. Uh, but also the thing we are always, always looking at, especially if a company is geared and carrying debt, um, is the cash generated. And it generated from its operations. Uh, the cash generation was up by 120% to £74 million. And that's on turnover of 466 million. So very strong uh, cash generation. Um, and the net debt figure closing was 161 million pounds, which they said was a little bit lower than previous guidance. But given that cash generation, you know, I've not looked in detail at the interest cover and everything, um, but but I'm not surprised at the market turn on it um, and want to be, to be looking at. It's just the first time I've seen this one. Interesting. There we go. Right. So yep. Yeah, so that's that's uh, Marlow, and that is broadly held by uh, held by institutions. Um, so, well, positive news from Marlow. Uh, onto some bad news, and that was Tiny Build. Oh, uh, the market didn't like that, did it? Oh, blimey! Uh, the ticker's TBLD. Um, 
the well, the market cap when I last looked was seventy one million pounds, but it's down seventy seven percent today. Good, right. It's a so video games publisher and developer. Uh, and not, and this is not a space I, I must admit I'm, I'm widely followed. It's bloody old, but anyway, well, to to it, it's um, what was quite the, quite a few things came out of this were interesting. I mean, firstly, it, they published seventy titles across different genres, so a lot of titles of games there into the market. Um, and of course, there's big competition in the market. But what they said is that the first half performance was below uh, expectations due to contribution from platform deal deals uh, on the performance of various games um, but they're expecting acute reduction in their adjusted EBITDA in 2023 and 24 so that was not good um, reduced cash position expectations of 10 to 20 million dollars versus 26.5 million but I thought what was quite interesting was a comment here as witnesses across the industry distribution platforms have been significantly downsized in amounts of investments for non AAA games now I don't follow the sector, but I assume that AAA games are sort of big popular ones. Um, uh, and platform deals have been an important driver of growth, etc. So, but anyone following the games industry, I thought that was quite an interesting statement of, of the of the industry moving. Uh, you know, particularly when you've got the Microsoft, the Activision uh, bid going on for, and that is a AAA platform. Yeah, but not good news there for gaming. Yeah, I don't know whether just gaming gets squeezed as well, presumably by the consumer mm. cash crisis. Because you know, you you could probably afford not to buy the le- next latest game, just carry on playing. You know, the last. I mean, Grand Theft Auto is the only one I know. I mean, God knows how many of those they've released, but you could just play, play over and over again. I thought. Anyway, there you go. What do I know? I don't, I don't play these games. Carry on, Phil. I know right. There, there we go. So. <clears throat> Interseed again, software, particularly IGP. Uh, this is that 30 million market cap, uh, and it's cyber security. Uh, and they specialize in digital identities and so authentication technologies. Uh, and they've got uh, you know customers in, in government, aerospace, defense. And I was, I'm always interested in companies that have been around for a long time because they you know tend to be able to adapt their strategy over time to two to, to markets. Um, and this one's been around for 20 years so it'll have a pretty well established uh customer base and they reported uh they like it's march full year results i think uh but their revenues were up by 22 percent uh from just on 10 million to 12 million pounds and then that profit was up from 0.71 billion to 1.3 but it's got cash on a balance sheet of uh 8.3 million up from 7.8 so it looks it's pretty well funded uh, doing well in the current markets uh, and just looking at the multiples on it, it's on the EVNR ratio of, of 1.5 times and EV EBITDA of 20 times falling to 15, which means the forecasts are out there for earnings growth. So that to me looked quite a, quite a reasonable a reasonable thing to look at. Mm, talking of little ones, I saw, uh, I think it was interesting from Cloud Coco today, Mark Halpin's little bit. Did you look at that at all? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, sales up He's to... He's doing all right, actually, isn't he? I mean, the stock's off a bit. It's, it's a very small company, but it looks all right to me. Yeah, the ticket's CLCO. Yeah, it's only about 8 million market cap, but it's cloud services. But uh, no, the organic revenue was up by uh, 11% to 12.9 million. Um, EBITDA from 0.5 million up to 0.9. But, uh, you know, again, it's about winning business in the current environment. 
Uh, and they said that they won 27 new, what they call new logos, but new clients during their interim period, which was 70% the number signed in the whole of the previous year. So, yeah, doing doing pretty well given all the you know the um, the uh, the economic background and for customers as well. Yeah, which is what you want to be looking at because right, when. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. When companies. Uh, yeah, work. I was just, just going to say, when environment's tough and a business is doing well, well, when environment gets better, it'll do, you know, do really well. So that's why we're, why we're talking about some of these companies, CML Microsystems, which has been listed for many years. Uh, it's a fabulous semiconductor uh, company. So it designs chips. Um, they outsource the silicon manufacturer, and then they do their own testing and assemble and ship them out. But CML Microsystems, particularly CML, it's about uh, 70 million market cap. They develop what are called mixed signal uh, radio frequency microwave semiconductors. So these go into the communications markets. So things like they go to satellite comms, I know machine to machine communications and things. So they reported their revenue. Uh, so four year results at March end. Uh, the revenue was up by 22% to 21 million pounds. Profit and operations are just under 5 million pounds. Uh, profitable tax of uh, 5.2 million pounds with cash of uh, 22 million. So, and I know that they divested of a division, um, memory chip controllers. This was uh, well over a year ago, I think now. So they've got cash on a balance sheet, 22 million, market cap, 70, 70 million, growing sales, growing profits. So, uh, again, good time to uh, be looking at CMO Micro. Yep, we like cash as well. Yes, exactly. And they've got plenty of it. So that uh, on quality results, that's it for me, Andrew. Is there any others that you've uh, that you've uh, Yeah, I'll tell you what. There were a few few little bits. It was all quite itsy bits. There was nothing yeah. I think that was going to yeah. uh, move the dice, as they say. Let's say part of it is the background of this market is so difficult oh, to move. Oh no, dice. I know. Um, but uh, anyway, look. The more importantly, I'm I'm off to Cornwall for July. Uh, so I may do some podcasts if you feel. I may get others to do it just for a change. Uh, we'll just play it by ear, see what the weather's like, see if I'm out on the golf course. Um, we may just try out a few new formats and things. But in the meantime, if anybody's got anything we want us to, they want us to talk about, if uh, anybody's got any comments about what we talked about, anybody's got any comments, full stop. We love to hear them. Please do. But we we'll call it day again. Quite a nice short podcast. Well done. Thanks, Phil. Okay. Take care, Andrew.